0: podcast delves into the minds of some of today's most ambitious and successful entrepreneurs. They have grown businesses that are disrupting the way we live, how and what we buy and the way companies are run. How have the life experiences of this generation informed their success and what can we learn from them? I'm Catherine Eakers and in this series I'm going to be talking to five different entrepreneurs about how they took an existing market or business model and innovated it to suit changing needs how they rolled with the punches and disrupted the status quo to reflect and even affect the world we live in today. We hear the phrase next generation a lot, but we wanted to talk to people who are facing these challenges right now. Not the next generation, but generation now. Joining me this week is Georgina Haddon, a residential property associate here at Forsters. Hi, Georgina. Hi, Catherine. And our guest today is Ashita Carbra Davies, the woman behind By Rotation, the world's first peer-to-peer fashion rental app, dubbed as the Instagram of fashion rental, is where people can lend and rent contemporary designer fashion from each other. Welcome, Ashita.
1: Thank you so much for the invite, guys.
0: Um, so, some of our listeners might not have heard of By Rotation. Could you give us a very brief snapshot description of it?
1: Yeah, um, by rotation So it's a social network where you can rent and lend designer fashion with each other, thereby saving the planet, saving money and making friendships and looking fabulous at the same time. As we like to say in the Bi-Rotation community, what's mine is yours.
0: One of the things, and so I have downloaded the app actually a few months ago, but I haven't actually borrowed anything yet, but I've been looking for a wedding. But one of the things I was thinking was about trying on clothes. Does that ever come up? I was wondering about contacting someone to try and arrange a try on.
1: Some people have actually, um, you know, agreed to meet up in a public location and let someone borrow a dress and go to like a bathroom in a bar or a cafe and they try on the dress. Um, We also have had a couple of pop-up stores. So we actually had one at Westfield, London, the world's largest fashion rental pop-up ever. 3,700 square feet. Um, and then most recently, we're currently in Marlebone, um having a pop-up. So there's quite a lot of pieces over there, over 2,000 pieces. I think the main thing uh, worth saying is that we are very much an app. So this is a very tech-focused community. Um, and what we do have on the app are contemporary and designer brands. So usually you would know your brands in certain pieces that you want to borrow Mm. anyway and the other thing is there's a lot of communication so it's peer to peer. so you can message your lender and ask for things like you know the sizing um you know even things like the dimensions of a Mm. dress or a bag or or how high heels are when you want to wear them so we do promote a lot of communication between people because we want to build it as a community it's not a one-sided sort of e-commerce website where you don't ask any questions to the retailer
0: yeah, and one of the things I really like about it is that people obviously show their pieces on them, so unlike you know shopping online where the model is always sort of size eight, size six, you actually see the outfit on the person who's yeah. roughly your size, which you exactly
1: know, tells and, and tells th- you a lot about it. Yeah, and I think one of the great things about being a social network, so you know we have been dubbed as you said as the Instagram of fashion rental, is that you end up meeting style matches on the app. So there's quite a few women who repeat rent from the same woman over and over again. So it's kind of like having this extended wardrobe uh, or like a, a friend or an acquaintance that you don't really know, mm. um, but you really admire style-wise. So, you know, it's the woman walking on the street who's, whose dress you love. And you're mm. like, oh, my God, I love your dress. I would love to borrow it.
0: Yeah, C- Can I, I, I borrow can. <laughs> it?
1: Oh, yes, this is my username on the rotation app. Yeah. So that's really the vision that we're going for.
0: Yeah, and then... Um, I also really like the idea that it can give you the ability to be that person that you'd like to be in your head fashion wise, but don't actually either can't manage it, which is what I generally <laughs> can't achieve, you know, or don't quite dare or, or also just don't want to buy a whole new wardrobe to be that person you feel like being occasionally.
1: Yeah. And, and that's why I think borrowing, sharing, renting is so great. Um, you know, I'd love to do that with my sister or mom. Um, they're in different countries, continents, even, mm. or friends. But it turns out a lot of my friends are not the same size as me. And this is why something like this community, where you can match yourself with women who are the same size or the style that you want to be, is so great. A lot of people tend to rent items for about three days, which sort of confirms the belief that people are wearing clothes just for an event mm. or like a one off sort of um, occasion. Often even just for photos on social media, it it sounds awful, but that is the reality of where we are today as generations, Mm -hmm. Um, even more so with Gen Z and then Gen Alpha. Um, And that's why I think borrowing from someone else, you know, who already owns the piece is so much more efficient in terms of resources.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I was just going to pick up on your point on social media because it does strike us I think as such a great concept generally but thanks to social media it has even more sort of ability to pick up new users but you also talk about this community so it's not only fashion it's also social in itself how do you find that people interact with each other is it is it purely style based or do they kind of have discussions about other other things other than fashion
1: I think that's one of the things that I love about the bio rotation community. It starts with fashion. It starts with I love your dress. Can I rent it? Oh, I noticed that, you know, when you sent me the package, your return address was, I don't know, in Manchester. You know, I actually went to university in Manchester and then they sort of start becoming friendly and then sort of friends with each other. You know, they start following each other on social media if they wish if you wish to share your profile yeah. you can on the app. And it's just sort of a community where people can interact beyond just talking about fashion and style all the time. Because I think that's the very basic thing that for me, the way that you get loyal customers who only come to you specifically for all their, you know, fashion borrowing and rental needs um, is really by offering something more. And I think we've seen that even with the community and the ambassadors and the events that we do. Um, So these are like in-person events or even I think during the pandemic, the way that we really grew and I think, you know, we were probably one of the very few fashion marketplaces Mm. that was growing the way that we did was because I was running this Instagram live series where I would interview people from all kinds of backgrounds. So, like, people in the media, in the fashion, um, you know, even lawyers on the series to get, you know, our community to sort of know how these women, whom they're rotating clothes with, um, what their life is actually like, what their day Mm. job is actually like. And people actually love that. They love seeing the variety of women um, and we've, we've brought these people in person together with these, with these community events. You know, we did an amazing launch party at our Marlebone pop-up just a, a few months ago. And we had over 400 people turn out. There, there was a line outside, all the way outside. <laughs> yeah, it went down the lane uh, past the Ivy. I mean, the Ivy was thrilled. Because they had a lot of their demographic standing outside thinking, oh, I think I'll come back here for dinner after the party. Um, No, but it was, it was, it's just so nice to see, I think, these very different women um, come together Mm. for their love of fashion and style and then continue their conversations, which are not just about this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. I'm sort of taking a step back to when you were first envisaging bi rotation or sort of thinking about bringing it to life. I know I've heard you. Talked previously about the fact that your parents were entrepreneurs and you always had in your mind that you did want to set up your own business when you were envisaging paritation
1: was it as it has turned out to be or has how, how, how has it evolved along the way it was really me wanting to um wear nice contemporary designer fashion for my holiday my honeymoon which is back to Rajasthan where i was born in india And uh, that's when I started thinking about fashion rental and the lack of options in the UK and Europe. And, you know, I I was getting inspired by all these, um, you know, influencers and bloggers on social media when I was thinking about all the places I wanted to go Mm. for this itinerary. And I thought, actually, I would just love to pay this woman to borrow her dress. It looks great. (laughs) And I think we're the same size. So that's actually, it's strange. But, you know, first the idea was sort of like, a sharing economy for fashion. Mm. And then there seemed to be a lot of focus in the industry when we first sort of were incorporated and launched on fashion rental, just just as a service. Yeah. But then I thought, no, I actually really want to keep the sharing economy side of it, which is the peer to peer side mm. of it. And during the pandemic, the lockdowns, it became very clear to me that what I really wanted it to be was the Instagram of fashion rental, was the social network mm. where women would repeat rent from a few women that they were just very comfortable with already, but they weren't necessarily friends with them mm. because they live in different cities or they have completely different lives. and, yeah. and you know, we get busier as we get older. We yeah, some of us don't have, have time a, a to number have new of friends. friendships
0: already, and exactly, it's hard to maintain the ones you have. Sometimes
1: it really is, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, so I think it became. I think sometimes it's hard to define exactly what. What exactly your product proposition mm. is, and it and for me it came in a few iterations. Yeah,
0: yeah, interesting because I think it's it must be one of the challenges when you're thinking about setting up your own business. You know, you've got a great idea, but then will it work? And the amount of work you have to put in. Yeah. To bring it to fruition.
1: Yeah, but it's just something so simple because the original idea was to actually pay this woman and borrow her Mm. dress, you know, you know, she was in the desert of Rajasthan. And I thought, Oh my God, I would love to be in the desert of Rajasthan looking like this. And I I guess it now has really come back to that, which is, yeah, you can rent this woman's clothes. You can not rent my clothes that you see on my social media because I'm on bi-rotation. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you're almost doing yourself a disservice by saying it's really simple because it's obviously far more complex Do you find that, you know, that social media kind of environment has played a hugely pivotal role in what you're trying to achieve? Because it's almost a mix, I think, from the sounds of what you're saying of of both social media and also um, perhaps trying to be a bit more uh, conscious about our consumerism and how we consume fashion. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree that social media has played a big part in our success and our growth story. I think, very commercially put, this is a peer-to-peer marketplace um, where you can rent and lend designer fashion. We're actually going to um, be launching a resale element on it very soon oh, wow. in the next couple yeah, of weeks. Idea. Yeah, great <laughs> um, Just because, um, but it will only be for certain lenders who've got great reviews, mm. uh, so they can be trusted sellers as well. Uh, and it's just something we're very mindful about. Every time we put new features or new partnerships, everything is very much in line with our values of yeah. making things as circular as possible. But yeah, I think just thinking about the the model which is peer-to-peer, it's very important for us to have an engaged lender and an engaged renter. It's not a one-way transaction like a lot of e-commerce websites. So that's why being social is mm. the best way to engage people, especially when you've had sixteen months of lockdown where no one really needs to rent clothes. Yeah. But we still want to engage people. Yeah. We still want you to open the app and list your items when you're merry condoring your wardrobe. Um, you know, save items for a future wedding that you're going to, you know, think, things like that. We want you to still engage with it even if you're not using it mm. immediately. And that's why I think being social is so important to the commercial side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Continu- yeah, And and I think the point about, you know, the app, you know, the, the concept seems so simple. I think the reason that, you know, the, the, it's it's quite a conscious decision to portray it that way because we do want to make it, as accessible to everyone as possible because the only way we're going to fight, you know, this this problem of waste in the fashion industry is by including everyone and speaking to them in very simple language, you know, the shoppers on Oxford Street who go to Primark or Zara or, or you know, any of these sort of fast fashion companies. It's really about, um, you know, getting them to engage with us mm. even in simple ways, in small ways, yeah. even just to download the app and Have understand a look and how it there. works. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Sort of speaking of avoiding waste, um, one of the things that I'm very interested in is how lean you've kept your business model. Um, and that I think, well, I'd be interested to know, A, whether that was always your original sort of plan and how integral that is to the success of the company.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's sort of always been the plan to have a very lean startup. Um, I think it probably also is a cultural thing. You know, the, you know, the part of Asia that I'm actually, I would say all Asians would love to have lean businesses as a generalization, but the very specific part of India that I'm from, um, you know, I, I'm a Marvari, we're a merchant class, and um, for us, it's all about getting things done with as little as possible, being very resource efficient. I think I've used the word efficient maybe five times already. This morning. <laughs> um, but that's how I like to do things, and and I think that sort of reflects in rotations business model as well. It reflects in all my team members, and it it reflects even in the way that we do marketing. You know, all of our marketing is user generated content, mm. which uh, funnily enough really works because we're peer to peer. So people really want to see. Regular women who look like them. So actual customers giving, you know, um, reviews. And yeah. we post them as our captions on Instagram. And, and those are actually the social media posts that perform the best. Those are the ads that perform the best. Mm. It's not glossy marketing campaigns or photo shoots like you would see any of the premium sort of retailers do. Mm. Um, and we have tried that as well. You know, we've experimented a little to, a little to realize that. But I mean, the whole premise of buy Rotation is that you can save more. Uh, when it comes to the financial sort of savings that you're making and also the environmental savings mm. that you're making. Yeah. Um,
0: it feeds into a transparency thing as well, doesn't it? That I think is increasingly common in all commerce. When you're using biotation, you know exactly who you're renting from, what they're like, what they look like. Um, and that, I think, across the board, people are keen to know who they're buying from, where it, where things are coming from. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with food, we see that a lot. Yes, um, and I think it's great that buy rotation yeah, demonstrates that really. No,
1: you're right. I guess I didn't even think of it that way, but that makes complete sense. Because you, yeah, you you think, oh, uh, rather than supporting yet another company mm. that I don't know where they make this product, I'd rather go borrow it from this woman who's mm. really nice. And and you know, I I've already bought
0: from, it, and so yeah, yeah and, and I
1: can just reuse it from her for a weekend or something. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's completely true. I think the other thing is obviously with the lockdowns and, you know, the pandemic, it's been, you know, I think fashion, the fashion industry and fashion rental, even in particular, you know, it's, it's had such a setback when it comes to inventory based models. Like Mm. there's, you know, you're just sitting on the stock, which is basically becoming obsolete because that's how the fashion industry works anyway. Right. It's based on the fact that trends change and there are six seasons or whatever it is. So... in a very commercially astute way, for us to be lean actually really works mm. in our favor because people are adding things from their wardrobe. And it's also much more democratic because we don't decide what's being bought. We're not buyers yeah. Yeah. Like, like you would be from any of these premium retailers. You know, we let our rotators, as we call them, decide what's cool, what's not, what they bought in their wardrobe, what they listed. Um, you know what's being viewed the most what's being rented the most you know those kind of things get bumped up in our algorithm Mm. and on the home screen so that's the social network element of it as well
2: just to kind of follow on from that does something like um and it sounds very crassing to ask but i hope you'll forgive me is is cost kind of an element of as well of keeping the team lean and i don't mean your costs but also like you mentioned just there your users are also probably quite cross-conscious which might be part of the reason you know as well as you know sustainability that might be why they're perhaps choosing to rent because perhaps it's not quite within their remit to purchase that full price especially not for one occasion like a wedding or for you know an evening out or something do you think that might also have had an impact if you had gone for a much much larger team on how your users perhaps perceived
1: Oh, definitely. I think, um, I mean, one thing is for sure, and we've seen that even with the user feedback uh, form that we sent out to our customers in particular for 2021, um, cost is still, you know, the most important factor when it comes to renting. And it is the truth. You know, not everyone is putting sustainability in fashion as their number one. I didn't either when I first founded By Rotation, and that's the truth of it. You know, my background is not is not in fashion or or even technology for that matter, you know, it it was an investment. So I'm thinking about it from the commercial perspective, or I was anyway, and now it's really profit with purpose. But um, what I would say is cost is definitely a factor. And if you start having, you know, all these sort of other overheads, then they are going to end up falling on the customer. And that's Mm. why we keep things very lean. And that's also why I'm very involved in things like customer service, you know, and we are over 170,000 users, but you'll still have me, the founder, the CEO, whatever you want to call me, responding to customer service tickets. So, yeah, we do keep it very transparent, very lean. We actually thrive on telling people that we are a much smaller team that they, ima- that they imagine mm. or they think, and they actually respect that much more. Mm. Um, and, and I actually, I mean, I don't know if it's, again, maybe kind of an Asian thing, you know, it's a cultural thing, but I actually... Love the underdog mentality. Um, I've always thrived in it.
0: I think it's, it's it strikes me as being really sensible that you focus on doing the bits, i.e., kind of operating the sort of the tech and creating the system that other people can't do. You need you know that you need that to be kind of curated by you and managed by you. But the bits that other people can do, like packaging up their clothes or cleaning their clothes, there's nothing special that you could offer there. So you're and you make that very clear. You say, no, you know, we don't need to do that part. You can do that part.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think um, in the beginning when it was still sort of new, you know, by rotation and we were just beginning to start getting rentals, people were like, oh, um, how do I pack this? Like, is this some by rotation packaging or something? And we were like. No, just reuse whatever boxes you were sent by Amazon or whatever, Mm. you know, just reuse packaging. Mm. And that's what it really is about. Mm. I mean, obviously, you know, as we grow and as I mentioned, we have a significant amount of users, we have global ambitions. We are going to make the life of our lenders, especially much, you know, uh, much more easy. Mm. So in terms of like having built in. Uh, services offered by partners mm. where you can get discounts for things like DPD
0: yeah.
1: yeah, or like compostable packaging with our branding, you know, sort of what I guess Depop and Vinted and there's an app in the US called Curtsy that do just to sort of help make the process easier mm. for sellers and in our case, lenders. Yeah. But we would never get involved in doing it all for you because yeah. the point is you need to be engaged as a lender and mm-hmm. as a renter when you return items back to people. Yeah. So it's again like that Airbnb philosophy, mm. um, and obviously we step in to correct any issues. Yeah,
2: you've talked about global ambitions, which sounds fascinating and really interesting, but also a lot about your culture and your background. And uh, we've seen previously that you've described yourself as a third culture kid. So can you tell us a bit more about that and how that's influenced you and your your business?
1: So I think not everyone is familiar with the uh, third culture kid um, term. So it, if I just explain it, it, it's basically someone who grew up in their home country, then lived elsewhere and now lives elsewhere again. So um, so I was born in Rajasthan, in India and I moved to Singapore when I was two years old. And then I left Singapore for university in the US and then now I'm in the UK. And it's been about 11 years, but I still very much consider and see myself as Asian you know um indian ethnically and very singaporean when it actually comes to my culture um and i think and i think when it comes to just seeing how you know what I, the plans that i have for Birotation rotation and the way that i even run the business as an entrepreneur as a founder or even my leadership style i can see it being very asian and in terms of the ambitions that we have for Birotation, rotation they're very global Um, You know, we want to expand not just within Europe, but also to other continents, be that Asia or the U.S., uh, in particular states or in particular countries. And I would also say when I look at recruiting and the team that we have, it's very multicultural. You know, um, we've got we've got people from Latvia. We've got people from Spain. We've got, you know, someone who's half French, half Dutch. We've got someone who's English, you know, British. Um, and I take a lot of pride in that, and I take a lot of pride in the fact that I knew none of them um until I founded by rotation. So they're not my friends from uni or like you know you know like I met them in high school or we lived in the same neighborhood or anything. I love the fact that we've come together just for by rotation, mm-hmm. and that's the mission and the mission and the vision so i think I think I'm very, very merit oriented, and that probably comes from my background working in finance as well. so it's less about. You know, style, it's more about substance. Mm. and um, and I think that can be quite Asian as well, like you know, the sort of hard work that you put in to make it mm. because you know we're all most of Asia is still, you know the the new world in in that way. So for us, we're all still trying to make it most of us anyway,
2: and I've actually had the benefit of um traveling a fair bit to um Hong Kong and Singapore for work. Um, And I I love both. I mean, Singapore and Hong Kong, both I think of as huge, almost fashion capitals. I mean, the amount of extremely well-dressed people and um, designer clothes are just everywhere. So that must have had a massive impact and be kind of perhaps a huge pull for you in terms of when you go global. Countries like that are presumably top of the list for people who, who would be interested
1: yeah, I think it's it's definitely a bit of crazy rich Asians over there. Um, <laughs> and the wealth disparities are much more stark in mm. Asia, for sure, e- even Singapore. And mm. that's the truth. Um, but I do think just being Asian and having grown up in these countries, and my parents still live in Singapore, I think um, Asia's not ready for a concept like of sharing fashion as yet. They're just sort of Warming up to second hand, mm. mm-hmm. you know, so to resale. Yeah. Um, I think we're not there when it comes to rental as yet. And there's questions about hygiene and and sort of like, you know, what happens if because of the wealth disparity mm. being so wide, mm. what happens if, you know, someone wants to borrow my, I don't know, Chanel bag? Because they probably only want to rent things that are very sort of high end. Yeah. Whereas it's very, very different if you look in the UK where we're currently only operating People are actually renting more contemporary brands. They're mm. less interested in renting a Chanel bag. The woman who wants to rent a Chanel bag already has a Chanel bag. Mm. So, so that, that's really... And, and of course, it will differ as we, you know, a, a, as we start expanding to even different European countries. You know, The brand mix will be very different. Mm. But I just don't think most Asian countries are there yet.
2: I guess when we go back to sustainability um and the idea that actually fashion is incredibly wasteful in some senses you do hear about designers who actually just burn stock if it's been left over because they don't want the value to diminish by starting to sort of I don't know sell it through um second hand sales. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but you know it, in some senses I guess do you feel that social media is almost creating this need to. I mean, I know I'm guilty of it when I go to, you know, I've had years where I've had, you know, seven or eight weddings in a year. And, you know, as if any of my friends care or even notice that I've worn the same dress, but I feel like I can't possibly be we seen You need to get those dresses dress. on by <laughs>
1: Exactly. <laughs> got They're got not that good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're not that good. Um, but do you feel that social media is almost it's kind of become part of the problem mm. and how how do you feel that you're going to i mean you're already almost using it to help solve the problem is that is that right do you, do you feel that that's kind of it can it can do that
1: it It's definitely an enabler right it's it it's adding fuel to the fire which is we all feel this sort of pressure to always post something new and mm-hmm. posting something new is like Oh, showing that you have a new outfit, a new bag. I don't know, you've gone on a new holiday, you're going to a new restaurant. You know, all the sort of things, like that pressure to always have something happening in your life uh, because new is shiny, new is sparkly, new is best. And I think what we're really trying to do when we use social media is get people to really say you can still enjoy new, but new is not really a specifically new product new made to just you, for you. Yeah, it's, not new-new. It... Exactly. It's yeah. an experience. Newness can be an experience rather than an actual physical product. And I think one of the things that we rolled out very recently, sort of like the Spotify or Peloton, you know, unwrapped sort of features, like a roundup, a year in review, And we did that for our bi-rotation users. And if you've lent something on it or if you've rented something on it, you can see how much money you made, how much money you saved from renting, uh, the positive savings that you had in terms of water waste, textile waste, Mm -hmm. and also carbon dioxide emissions. And I think we got some great feedback on that because what we began to see when people start sharing it on social media, again... Was that people were saying, I had no idea how much money I saved. Mm. I kind of knew how much money I made, but this makes it so much more worthwhile. And now I'm always going to be much more mindful of what I buy next. So we're actually making people become much more strategic about their fashion choices. So instead of buying five high street brands uh, when it comes to dresses, you'll just buy maybe one. Mm. and you'll end up lending it
0: it out and borrow others yeah
1: yeah it's really making people think and realize that fashion even contemporary fashion not just your designer chanel bags Mm. or whatever you know a contemporary branded dress which costs 400 pounds can actually be an investment asset
0: yeah which and that that is absolutely the next step isn't it rather than just look in my wardrobe what do i have right now it's yeah i'm now going to buy something new what will that be? And yeah, you influencing that decision. I mean,
1: rather your wardrobe becomes a rotating Mm. wardrobe (laughs) because a rotator is someone who lends and rents. And I've seen that happen. In the same week, I'm borrowing an item and I'm renting Mm. an item. So I'm actually... Which is the ideal. Yeah,
0: really. Exactly. Because then it's it's one collective wardrobe repeatedly shared. Exactly. Which is a
1: waste. And and in in a way, it sort of ends up becoming less about the money as well because the money I made from renting something lending something out i'm actually using that money mm. to rent from another woman yeah. Yeah. so i have a new look and i'm net on cash yeah it's yeah. like
0: a giant barter economy basically isn't it yeah. yeah
1: and that's something we've thought about doing in the future but we're making it less complicated now
2: <laughs> <laughs> that must be hugely helpful to have your investment background because like you say you, you're basically showing the world that your your wardrobe could be an investment asset and you're kind of creating this i guess national wardrobe for the country um eventually global um that that everyone can collectively use what was it that sort of made you change your career path because you know investment was your background and when did you decide to just you know start anew
1: yeah I think the story um as I mentioned it was a side hustle for the first six months before I finally left and well, even when I left, I was hesitating and, and I really wanted to continue having it all. You know, I wanted my full time job, my salary, my great team, and then also being a founder and an entrepreneur of this really cool startup that um, I decided that I had to leave if I really wanted to make it the next big thing. But this was right after my honeymoon. It was a busy honeymoon. (laughs) (laughs) I was already planning uh, by rotation which was unnamed then, at the last leg of it, in the desert of Rajasthan, where I just felt incredibly inspired. Um, But yeah, I think it's it's crazy, but it all sort of comes back full circle. You know, um, when I first started working in investment management, I did it because I really... um, respected the individuals around me and thought everyone's such a brilliant mind and what an incredible industry but I I was always doing something creative if you look at even my internships and my hobbies in graphic design and web design back when I was in the at the age of 11 you know I was selling my graphic design okay. uh, using PayPal which was really new back mm. then and my parents were like, "What are you doing at 2 a.m.? To strangers across the globe." Oh, nothing. I'm just, you know, selling my 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 websites and my graphic design for like 10 US dollars for layout. What did, what
0: did your parents say to that? Were they were they impressed? Were they? Well,
1: they just thought I was I was a bit crazy. And my dad was like, "Are you chatting with like random people? Like, is this safe?" And then when they saw my PayPal account and they saw the 300 US dollars in it, they were like, oh, he's <laughs> actually making real money. And, you know, I, I was running a message board uh, back when I was 13 years old, you know, when I just started going to secondary school. And little did I know I was running a community oriented business. Because mm. I was making money from the ads that we were selling, uh, you know, the mm. b- ad banners at the top. You know, I, I didn't realize I was running a community business back then. And now it sort of all comes back full circle. Yeah. And I still get to use my experience as an investment analyst, because obviously, when it comes to the financial modeling and the planning of the business, um, but even look, looking at things like data and analytics, which is super important for our business as we become larger mm. and have you know lots and lots of users across the world as a social network, um, all of these sort of skills that I've picked up have have become very useful along with my passion, for yeah wanting to found something creative. yeah.
0: It's it's amazing to think that yeah, when you're 11, you were essentially already demonstrating those strong entrepreneurial um, skills. What what do you think drives you? What fuels that sort of passion? And I, and I know as well, I've heard you talk before about how hard you had to work when you're still working in your career, but also setting up by rotation. You know, you talked about sort of evenings, weekends, no holidays. Yeah, what what what? Yeah, what what is it that keeps you going when you're doing that?
1: I guess I just, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but I want to make my parents really proud. You know, Um, I want to make it in a country that's not really my home country. I'm still Mm. an immigrant here. You know, I'm still not British. And um, yeah, I just, I just feel, I mean, I think part of, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure people have different opinions, but I do think um, some of this entrepreneurial streak comes from the way that you are brought up. Mm. Um, I'm not saying it's genetic. But I think when we were very, you know, when we were very, very young, my dad used to sit down with us on like Sundays and we used to be like, oh God, like these life learning skill sessions need to stop, (laughs) you know, and he would tell us that it's great that you're doing well in in school. Like, it's great you have good grades, but there's more to life than just grades. Like you need to be, you need to be street smart as well. And we'd have all these practical lessons he would tell us about how, you know, he, he was really good at, you know, his first few businesses or whatever. And we used to think they were just so boring and we just wanted to watch cartoons. But it all sort of yeah, comes sank back. S- sank yeah. in. <laughs> um, yeah, so, somehow yeah, it sort so of comes back. Yeah. And I think, and, and yeah, I think it was sort of a calling that I probably mm-hmm. always had. But I just yeah. wanted to make sure I was leaving a pretty great, lucrative and successful career mm. for the right thing that actually suited me. As opposed to, no offence, building just the next, you know, grocery delivery startup. Mm. Yeah. Which everyone says they're very passionate about—is that really true, though? <laughs> <laughs> People love groceries. I got I got two new adverts
0: this morning about two new grocery startups. And
1: how my personal market feeling. surely is saturated. Is that it's the servant economy? And I read about this on Sifted. And mm. I think if you can't even buy your own groceries, yeah, like, where are we or going
0: chop to chop them up. I mean, you know... A,
1: yeah, and, and I'm <laughs> from need Asia. to come in a
0: box so, that, <laughs> that serves one person's meal.
1: Exactly. And I'm from Asia. So to, to think that people are doing this in the Western world, you're, you're getting someone else to buy your, your groceries for, for the week. You know, you know, it's just interesting. Unless... Mm-hmm. Not, not even the week, sorry. Just for the day or the yeah, next day. Because yeah. I, I know for the week you would get, like, a big thing delivered to you, right? And that's fine because... Not everyone has cars. Mm. Yeah,
0: and that actually, you know, having your weekly shop delivered online is probably better fuel wise. You know, exactly. Yeah. No, it's interesting, isn't it? And yeah, I think you're right about it being the servant economy. Um, and do. it's it's also a way of sort of. It's easy to outsource your sort of environmental guilt, isn't it? By saying, "Well, it's okay because I spend four times as much as I would spend at the supermarket on this product, and it comes, and you know, it's got great ethical values and blah blah." But you can't help feeling that. That's not the most waste free way. of, of um, And I don't
1: think people operating. are doing it for that. Just no. like I told you, people are renting clothes to save money, not yeah. because they mm. love the planet so much, to mm. be honest with you. Yeah.
2: Save money and look great on Instagram, which I will be honest, is probably why I downloaded the app.
1: <laughs> <space>. <laughs> but then yeah. after a year of rotating, you know, when we did this year in review, people were like, oh, my God, I saved so much money. Mm. I made so much money. Oh, and, and I side side saved benefit, all this. Like I do a, yeah. yeah. So it's all about these nudging techniques. Yeah. You know, I think that's... You cannot be too forceful. Otherwise, you're never going to get the mainstream yeah. audience, you know?
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. You, you will only get the people on the French who really, really care. But those people are already trying to change yeah. their ways anyway. they're already, they're already
1: converted. They're probably mm. not even buying clothes. Yeah. They, yeah. they probably don't even want to rent clothes because yeah. they don't want you to feel like you have to keep updating mm. your style. And that's totally fine as well.
0: Yeah. No. No, it's bringing along people who as you say would otherwise be buying
2: more be on and the more high and more. street yeah 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 and i love the idea of the uh, the roundup like like yeah. you're comparing to spotify but when you were listing all the things you get told about i was like oh i kind of just want to use it just to have a list of my achievements at the end of all the <laughs> things that i've done and saved you know feel like i've done my bit for the world but also saved the money i think that's a great idea and
1: well i think this is the extra value that we give to our community mm. Versus like you know shopping online or even renting on another platform mm. because if you do it all in one place you'll get all your stats and your data in one place so you know these are the easy and free ways that we're rewarding our community mm. to be loyal to us um, and I think I think actually the power of knowledge is is huge is huge because we're sharing the data that we're collecting with you we're not keeping yeah. it just for ourselves yeah. for for evil purposes yeah. whatever you know.
2: Presumably, this is why you have four hundred you know, <laughs> people queuing outside to to come and see because they are that engaged and that loyal yeah. to buy rotation, which is just fantastic that you've done that in you know in theory quite a short space of time and with a, a with a pandemic. pandemic. Yeah, I know exactly. I know. You, I mean, you mentioned this earlier, but I do think it's incredible.
0: Um, you know, if if we'd said two years ago, is there any fashion business which could possibly grow? A startup, a fashion startup that had been going for what five months that could possibly grow um, during a global pandemic and lockdown. We just said no. Surely, poor that poor startup is yeah. doomed. You know what exactly. unfortunate timing.
1: And and I think um and I think because we're so lean because the focus was on peer to peer, you know we had no we had no pressure to push silly things like renting clothes during the pandemic. To wear we never did in your that. bedroom, yeah. yeah. And I think we earned a lot of goodwill from our user base to be like, you know what? Good for you. You're not trying to tell me to buy or rent mm. things because I don't need that. Mm. You're just trying to lift our mood mm. and engage with the other users. Um, and I think that really worked in our yeah. favour. It's it's about thinking yeah. about it long term.
0: Do you think, in sort of in hindsight, it was actually quite a useful like, period of like hiatus almost where you could focus on building those relationships and client base without actually having to focus on the metrics of... Getting generating rotations.
1: Yeah, I think we were the youngest um, in the fashion rental landscape in the UK when the pandemic hit. So we, we also probably were less least established mm. then. And I just thought, well, this is not really great because we had all these amazing plans to catch up with, you know, with and, and earn the name that others might have. Mm. But actually it worked completely in our favour because we were peer-to-peer. And, um, and yeah, we actually use that time, as I said, doing things like that live series on Instagram, super helpful and useful for me, you know, an outsider to the fashion industry, you know, um, someone who doesn't actually know a lot of the, um, the media and the tech and the fashion scene, because I ended up you know, meeting these people through our live series, inviting them. And people love to talk about themselves, just like <laughs> I am here today. <laughs> um, and it was great because I became friendly with them. I started building networks mm. and connections with them, which otherwise would have been so difficult mm. in person because, you know, how do I meet these people? Yeah. How, how do I go to these events if I'm a nobody, which which I totally was and probably still am, to be honest. But I think, I think it's so – it was such a useful time for bi-rotation to really – build out its community. Mm. Um, and then the other side of it, which my CTO and I will always talk about, is the fact that we built a lot of cool features during this time. Yeah, You know, we built the positive savings calculator, which nudges you about your environmental savings when you rent instead of buy. Um, and then also we redeveloped, I guess we repositioned the entire app into being a social network. Yeah. Um, and again, all these things, you know, the, the, the development doesn't stop during lockdowns. Yeah. So for us, it was... I mean, hate to say it, but yeah, the lockdown was great for us yeah. because it also set us way further apart from even the closest competitor to us.
2: But yeah. because you were behind it, driving it. And I think when you've spoken about your creative background, also, whether it that be behind the scenes or as part of your, your job, but that's surely that's played a massive role because you need that almost, I would have thought, it, when you're starting your own business there is such a need for creativity especially at the moment because there's so many sort of new businesses that are coming coming up in the world and so do you think that almost the lockdown kind of pushed you to be more creative than ever to to kind of make sure that you you know set yourself apart from any competitors
1: yeah and i think we definitely did that you know by throwing out the rule book and being mm. like we're not trying to get rentals we're not trying to do transactions we're not asking you for anything just asking to be friends with you. Yeah. And I think being, you know, going for that approach of being approachable, friendly, a community. We're a family. You know, that, that's the sort of mm. messaging that was put out. And it's and, and while it's it's something that, you know, we have been quite thoughtful about, it's not to say that it was um it's not real. That is actually how we feel. Yeah. You know, a, as you mentioned before, there's no difference between my team or me or one of our users. We are all equal. You know, we're a big part of the community. And you can reach us whenever you want. We'll try to be there as much as possible. And I think that sort of stuff really worked in our favor. And it's just so different from what fashion brands are trying to achieve. You know, they're all trying to be very aspirational. You know, they're trying to be like, oh, um, you know, this is something that you're working towards. Whereas for us, it was like, no, you're already a part of us. You don't have to try hard. We love you. Come come, mm. come, come, sit with us. Yeah. And I think, I think that probably comes from the fact that I'm not from this world. And I don't I don't believe in this world. Yeah, I believe in a world where everyone is equal. Everyone can join. um, And, you know, the merit based system. Yeah. So on the app, you know, you're more likely to get featured if you've done more rentals, if you've Mm -hmm. done more reviews, not because your photo is so beautiful or
0: or, or whatever. Or 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 your brands are so high end. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's none of that. It's more that you just have a lot of reviews for being a good lender.
0: Yeah, uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Did you think when you were first starting rotation how quite how disruptive this could be in the fashion industry, or were you just thinking there's a gap there? That I was thinking,
1: I was thinking about, about it more in numbers. I would say Um, less so, you know, like a you know in an abstract sort of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the the vision and the mission is to transform how fashion is consumed altogether, and we've always said that since day one. But yeah, I, I mean. I've been positively surprised that we've come so far with, you know, in a very short amount of time, mm. you know, and survived quite a few lockdowns, uh, quite a few different variants. Not of, just survived, thrived. COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, also with very little uh, resource wise, you know, I'm very, I've been very, very big on bootstrapping. Um, you know, I've. I have most well I have a very high amount of equity still and I'm very careful about who's part of our cap table. Mm. It's just some of the things that I've learned uh, working in investments myself. Yeah. Yeah. And you know just I think a lot of what By Rotation and I do is quite different from what other fashion brands yeah. or even tech startups. Yeah,
0: I was going to say. I do. Yeah.
1: I actually yeah, and I actually love that. I don't want I don't want to be just another tech bro or, like, mm. a fashion insider or whatever. You know, I, I think what we're doing is very different. Yeah. And so I, I go a lot with my gut feeling and actually looking back at how things panned out for some of these companies yeah. that that have received yeah, a lot of publicity. From, yeah. Not for the great reasons. Not
0: necessarily for... For the
1: good reasons in yeah. the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I think, very sadly, because this is a really enjoyable conversation, um, we are probably coming to the end of our time. So just one sort of final question, if possible. Um, Knowing what you know now, what would you do again, same, and what would you do differently or avoid?
1: So in terms of what I would do again, I would continue to be as efficient as possible Mm -hmm. because it's really driven a mindset uh, for the entire bi-rotation community, my customers, my team... Uh, Myself, And as for what I would probably change, if I could, um, as a first time founder, and also someone who didn't start off having a big network in in the sort of entrepreneurial landscape, the tech or the fashion landscape, um, I should have asked for more help to begin with more advice, more recommendations. Mm. It also turns out people love it when you ask them for <laughs> advice. <laughs> I'm just really bad at that. Again, well, You probably... think you're
0: going to bother people. You know, you don't want to bother people, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind Again, I think it comes back to a cultural thing where it's like you feel like you're asking someone for help and then you don't want to be obligated to them. Mm. And then, you you know, you feel like there's this big obligation mm. on your shoulder. How can you thank them? What can you do for them? Um, and again, I'm all on that equality thing. So I, I don't want to owe some something to someone. But yeah, it turns out people at least in this side of the world love it when you ask them for advice which I, I didn't I think I'm still a bit uncomfortable with um so I, I wish I was better at that
0: yeah um, so that that's all sadly that we've got time for today um Ishita Carver-Davies thank you so very much for joining us it's been absolute pleasure um, yes. to talk to you and thank you to Georgina Haddon and also to our producer Sophie Black Generation Now is brought to you by Forsters to find out more go to forsters.co.uk and thank you very much for listening